In today's Prep Rally podcast, we will preview the state championship games for Class 7A, Class 6A, and Class 5A that will be played this weekend at War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. It is championship week, Henry and Paul. It is championship week for football. It doesn't seem like it's been that long ago since we kicked off the first game of the season back in August, Henry. But, I mean, here we are, the first weekend in December, and we're playing state championship games at War Memorial. What, what do they always say? Time flies when you're having fun. There you go. Absolutely. It's, it's a true statement. Uh, so we are to the uh, end of the season for teams in Class 7A, Class 6A, and Class 5A, also in Class 2A, and 8-man. They will all play their state championship games starting on Thursday down, down in Little Rock, uh, down at War Memorial. And uh, we will have full coverage of that in the uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette and the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette and in the River Valley Democrat Gazette. So we'll have coverage of all that. We're also joined today by Leland Barclay, who's at a tire shop down in Fort Smith getting new tires. Leland, can you pay for a set of four for me, too? And I'll drive my truck down there and get me four new tires, too. Well, actually, it's the flat tire that t is uh, getting taken care of today. Ah, must, if it's anything like it is up here, we got construction all over the place. One tire, Paul. I've, I've taken three nails out of one tire. Yeah. Hey, so you... You patched it three times? I patched it three times. I don't know what the limit is on patches, uh, but this tire has got to be approaching that limit. Well, it's then it, it's been worth its money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Leland, we're going to talk, uh, and, and, uh, and Henry, we're going to talk first. Let's talk about 7A, where Bentonville got a late field goal by Logan Thomason, left-booted kicker for Bentonville, boots it through, and they beat Cabot in the semifinals. And the other team that they're playing – Friday night is um, – I cannot think of who the team they're playing in the championship game. I, who is it? I, Henry, do you, I've never – do you know who they are? I, some, who is it? Uh, some school by the name of Bryant. What? what? Bryant? I've never heard of them. Never heard of them. Leland, have you heard of them? Yeah, they've been pretty good lately. <laughs> pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. Pretty fair. So, Bentonville against Bryant, the four-time defending state champion, Bryant Hornets. Um, are back in the semifinals. They took care of Conway on Friday night. So it's Bentonville against Bryant Friday night at 6.30 at War Memorial for the Class 7A state championship. Henry, I'm going to kick it over to you. You saw Bentonville. Kicking game was phenomenal. Logan Thompson, he's been great. He seems like he's been kicking since Barry Lunny was the coach at, at Bentonville. He's been there a long time. Not quite that long, but, uh, man, he was clutch. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. Three times this season he has kicked three field goals in a game, and but never was the pressure on like it was Friday night with eight seconds left, the game on the line, ah, and he split the uprights perfectly. <laughs> nothing to it. He, uh, he's been an excellent kicker for Bentonville. I know for at least two years, Henry, maybe three, I know, but definitely for two. He was their kicker last year. Also handles their punting duties. Uh, mm -hmm. for Bentonville does a great job there. I've seen him make a few field goals. I think I saw him kick a 40-plus yarder um, in the game that I covered, um, and it would have been good from 50, I think. he's He's got a strong leg. Pretty much every kickoff that he wants to kick through the back of the end zone, he does. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of what does the coach call? Does yeah. he want the uh, – just boom it out, let them start 20, or, hey, 
we see something, can you drop it somewhere inside the 10 and make them try to earn some yardage or say, hey, we don't want to return it, sky kick it. He's just like me with a pitching wedge. I can put that golf ball wherever I want to in my mind, in my mind. Uh, certainly not with the pitching wedge in my hand. I can't do that. But anyway, he's an excellent kicker. So Bentonville uh, won back-to-back playoff games, Henry, for the first time since 2017. Is that right? That's correct. This is the first time in five years that they have reached the, the state championship game. Uh, they played North Little Rock in that game. And uh, now they're going for their first state title in eight years. In eight years. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. But then again, I, I, in, in another way, it does seem like it's been that long. Um, since, since they've won, uh, you know, won the state the state championship at Bentonville. So, what do you think their chances are, Henry? You know, uh, I was talking to someone last night about the game, that, and they asked me what I thought about. It. And I, I started, you know, if this game depended on stats, this is a Bentonville runaway. Bentonville's got the gaudier stats, and Bryant does, but Bryant seems to feast on their defense and just getting that opportune big play when they need it the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, but then again, this game isn't played with stats. Right. It's not statomatic or anything that's like that. why they play the game. Exactly. Berman yeah. would say, yes, yeah, why they play the game. So, uh, for Bentonville to be successful, I think you're going to have to make Bryant earn it. Yeah. You know, no big plays. Put them on the 20 and say, hey, you've got 80 yards. Let's see what you can do. And then, meanwhile, offensively, they're going to have to find a way to find chinks in that Bryant defensive armor, whether yeah. it's running it with Josh Ficklin, passing it. Uh, I'm sure they're going to really give, on the passing game, attention to C.J. Brown. So this is where an Eli Brooks or a Luke Kuhn or a J.J. Spafford could really come in handy with step some big up. catches. Got to step up. Leland, uh, kick it over to you. Last year you were down there for Fayetteville against Bryant. Leland, I watched that game, uh, on, and, and, and I'm so thankful that they show all the championship games on Arkansas PBS uh, Network. Leland, you were at last year, down last year for that game with uh, Fayetteville and Bryant, and it seemed like Fayetteville kept pulling out their pistol, putting their foot out there, and just shooting their foot over and over and over again in that game. And Fayetteville had chances – Lots of chances last year to, to possibly knock Bryant off, and they didn't. Uh, Leland, how do you see this one Friday night shaping up? Well, you know, obviously, Bentonville's offensive line, that's where the game's going to be won yeah. if Bentonville wins it. Yeah. I think Bentonville has to rush for 200 yards to win this game. I mean, it's no surprises how these two teams are. The team that rushes the football the best is going to win this game. Right. You know, they both obviously have good quarterbacks. Carter and I is very good, had a great season. Uh, Bryant starts a sophomore they quarterback do. Yep. who has been very good, but they've been very good at, I guess, limiting, relying on him. I mean, they've got James Martin. They've got Chris Ganaway. They've got three backs that are as good as any in the state. So can Bentonville stop Bryant's rushing attack, and can Bryant – run the ball against Bryant's defensive front. I mean, that's where the game's going to be won and lost, and it usually is on the big, on the big school level. Uh, now, last year's championship game, like you said, was a little bit different. I mean, Fayetteville, Fayetteville could have, you know, they, they weren't that far away from scoring 60 points yeah. in that game. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like you said, you know, they throw, I think, one interception in the end zone. They have another one inside the five. 
so Bryant's, you know, Bryant can win a high-scoring game, or they can win one of those defensive slugfests, and they've proven that over the last, you know, four years. Now you guys, but it's appropriate that these two teams are playing this year because if you remember right, it was Bentonville who Bryant wrestled away the West, I guess, dominance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, five years ago. Now you guys, so Leland, it's, a, it's appropriate that they're playing again. Yeah. You know, five years later. You guys, correct me on this if I'm wrong. Bentonville <clears throat> in 2014, 15, 2014 or fifteen is the last. Uh, Bentonville, no, no, t- no school, no town that has multiple high schools has won a state championship since when? Since when? You would probably have to go back to 2013. No, Southside. Bentonville was 2013 and 2014 because Bentonville beat Cabot that year. Okay, 2006. You may have. Let's see. You may have to go back to when Southside and Northside was. Yeah, when Southside beat Rogers in 2006 was that the last time that a that a that a multiple high school city won a state championship in the state's largest classification? Leland, is it? Do you know? Yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah. So yep. 2006 Southside. So so no 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 school from a multiple school city in the state's largest classification has won a state championship in the last 15 years. In the last 15 years. So that's the big difference right now. I think is that is that the central is dominated by single school cities with the exception of central well you know if you remember we talked about that when the west started splitting because you know harbor was springdale was the first one yep then rogers shortly after then bentonville bentonville a few years later and we didn't see that i guess that change immediately it took a while but then once it took hold like you said now we have to go back 16 years yeah yeah. Find one. Yeah. Uh, now, now, um, now, South and Southside. As far as I know, 20, 2006, when they beat Rogers on a lat, and at that time Rogers is also a single high school city. Mm-hmm. Um, they kicked the field goal to win it at the you know at the end of the game. That's the last time a school, any school from a multiple school city, has won a state championship. So that was been my question for a while: Is can a school from that's had a split a split school win a state championship against a Bryant, a Conway, a Cabot, a North Little Rock? Can you can you and, and throw Fayetteville into that mix? Uh, can, can can a school from that's been, had their school split um, win, you know win it? And this is this is an opportunity for Bentonville to break that that lengthy drought. Is is Friday night? That's a chance for them to do that. So a lot well, of you know, we talked about this five years ago too because I remember asking you guys because you guys had seen Bentonville and you had seen Bentonville West that year, and I remember asking you and Henry both if those two teams were put back together, would they have beaten Bryant or I guess North Little Rock that year? Well, you you take a look. You, you if you take Bentonville's team that they have now, and you add just the playmakers that Bentonville West has, you add. Nick Bell to that to that list. You add Carson Morgan to that list. Can you imagine having a backfield that has Fickland and Carson Morgan in the same backfield? Or how about a receiving core where you have 
C.J. Brown on one side and Ty Durham on the on other. other. And then you've got this little, you know, the guys like Spafford and Coon and Jackson Bruss just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So you, you do the math on that, Leland. You, you, you tell me what you think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. because just, um, gosh, five players, yeah. four players. That's just, that's just the playmakers at Benton right. West that we're talking about. Um, and you can well, flip mean, it. Four you know, or five players could make that kind of difference. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, what, what the, way I'm looking, the way I'm seeing Bentonville and Bentonville West is it's the south side and north side where they're, they're – um, you know they're building their programs, and they're going to win champ. They're going to win championships in football. They are, and and, and Bentonville has a chance. You know Friday night to do it. Um, it took Northside and Southside a while to reach that level where they were both state champion caliber programs, and and uh, and, and and they have been. Um, so it, when you split your school, you know it, it just takes a while for you to build up, build back up your depth, and and all that. And Bentonville's what they're in year six of the split. Is that right, Henry? Year six or seven? Yeah, is that right? Um, so they're you know they're uh, you know building up, and they took the you know that was the best program up here was Bentonville. You know, hands down, no question about it. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the best program. And um, a little bit of the difference too, when you look at Fort Smith, is that Northside remained in the state's largest classification. They did, yes. For yeah. 17 years after Southside was built, and Southside right. played in the next largest right. st- uh, classification. Right. And right. they went to championship game three years in, or played, had real good teams for three years in a row and played for a championship early. Yeah. So it wasn't until 83, of course, that was the historic, yeah. uh, you know, win over Parkview. Yeah. But, but even then, uh, that was a little bit different because Southside didn't compete in the state's largest classification along yeah. with Northside. Yeah. Well, it's taken, you know, it's taken Bentonville a while to get back to the championship game. Um, you know, the West hung with them 24-10. Henry, that game, West right there with Bentonville. Um, so they're getting there. They're, they're, making, they're making big strides as far after the split and getting things built back up, getting the depth built back up, back up where they're going to be, you know, they're going to be factored. They, and Bentonville West was a semifinalist, uh, what, two years ago? Is that right? Three years ago? Two year, uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Two years ago was the COVID year where they couldn't even get to the yeah. playoffs because of COVID. Yeah, so three years ago. So, so they're getting close. But, um, you know, you're, you're, you're right, Leland, it's that four or five, six playmakers that, that, that a Bryant has um, that, you know, because their school's not split, you know, they've got them in, in West and in, in Bentonville are missing those, you know, those three or four or five, you know, big difference makers like that, um, you know. So, anyway, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to talk about, and uh, we'll see how it goes on Friday night. Can Bentonville beat Bryant? They, they, they can. Will they? That, we'll see. We'll see if they will. Um, so we got that one going on Friday night. Now I also want to mention uh, Thursday we have the eight-man championship game. Henry, I don't even know who those two teams are. Leland, do it you? It is Rector, Rector. against uh, Izzard County Consolidated, who just started football their first year. Yeah, they were a basketball powerhouse, so now they're playing playing eight-man football. So we got that one going on Thursday. Also, uh, we're going to have the two-A state championship game. That will be played Friday early in the day, correct? Noon? Noon. Noon. Uh, don't know. I can't remember who. I don't know. Hazen who. and Carlisle. Hazen two, and Carlisle. Two okay. schools. Yeah, they're split by what? Eleven miles or something Not like that. Much. And they all both of them have to go to 
Little Rock. There you go. So it's not quite the Battle of the Ravine, but it's close. It's, it'd be the, the Battle of the General Store that splits it to do you know, whatever it's in, in, you know, for each, each town or something. Uh, and then uh, uh, 3A are in the, 3As and 4As are in the semifinal round this week, and we have two teams from our coverage area in semifinals. We will have Boonville going to Melbourne and Charleston going to Ryzen. Uh, of course, those are both of those teams are from the 3A1 conference, and uh, no surprise that they're in the Final Four. Henry, no, at, at all, no, no surprise there at all. Uh, in class six, in class five A, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go from Friday through to Saturday. In class five A, Shallow Christian, they knocked off last week a pretty good Camden Fairview team, and they did it with ease. Henry, forty-eight to nineteen, um, they took control of the game. And uh, Eli Wisdom, the quarterback at Shallow Christian, 243 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Bo Williams, 155 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that 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 one-two punch is hard to contend with. You know, I had uh, someone send me a little clip of the game where Camden Fairview, I, I don't know if it was an extra point or a field goal attempt, but the snap went over the, over the head and the kicker grabs it and he takes it around. And Bogey Neal yeah, put the smack he, he, and smack down. I mean, yeah, that was a vicious hit. That kicker, I don't know how the kicker got back up, Henry. I, don't, I mean, he absolutely crushed the kicker on that one. But but he did get back up. He yeah. did. He did. He t shook it off. But I, I don't think I could have. Okay, no, I, I know I couldn't have. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Shiloh in their first year back in 5A, I know they had a little brief, a little brief time in 5A a few years back. Uh, but this is, you know – they're in 5A. I'm, you know, not for the first time, but they're back up in 5A. Yeah. The first time that they they were forced to be in forced 5A. Forced to be in it, yeah. The first time they experimented chose, with it. Yeah, yeah, chose it. Chose it to uh, to do that. Uh, so they're in the state final, um, and they're taking on the team that's been number one all year long in Class 5A, Little Rock Park View. Uh, Henry, does Shiloh have a chance in this game? You always think with that kind of offense, they'll have a chance. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, – what will Parkview try to do to slow it down a little bit, whether it's, you know, slow it down on their side when they have the ball or try to use that defense to slow down Shiloh? Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good game. That one's going to be played at noon um, at War Memorial on Saturday. Um, also want to mention, too, Shiloh, uh, the last two playoff games they've played, uh, they beat Little Rock Mills and Little, and, uh, Little Rock, uh, I'm sorry, Little Rock Mills and Camden Fairview. Um, they have really leaned on the run game. Uh, the week before, uh, when they played Mills, it was Bo Williams that had 200 yards rushing and five touchdowns. So their, their, you know, and their run game is is what's gotten them through the last two games. They haven't had to have a strong passing attack, um, and so it'll be interesting because now teams that look at Shiloh and they prepare for a passing attack with Bodie Neal and Wisdom and 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 your boy Widger, Paul, your wrestler, yep. Uh, yep. Dax Widger, Dax Widger, and, and, yep, and and uh. uh uh, Carter and Holman, their number one, the receiver. Um, teams that are preparing for them, uh, this running game has been overwhelming the last two weeks. Yeah. One, one thing I, I've always, and I have proposed this for years, you know, the teams that play a noon game on the championship game, they should be allowed to, the, in the semifinals, to play that on a Saturday afternoon to get used to used having to, to see that sun up ah, there. That's a good point. Because, you know, you never get to have that experience. Yeah. And, you know, and also you have to wonder, well, 
Arkansas plays its game the Friday after Thanksgiving, so that kind of diminishes possibly your fan. Build your fan base up to play on a Saturday afternoon. I'd have no problem with that. That, that, that's a good point. Get on that, Henry. Get, even get that done for next next year. We'll see what we put, can do. Put that on your bucket Run list. Run that up the flagpole. Absolutely. So we got that one going on. Leland, how do you see Shiloh and Little Rock Parkview playing out? You know, all of these games, all five of them, and this is going to be a great weekend of football, five championship yes. games, but all five of them have great, intriguing storylines to them. Um, I'd like to go back to eight man because like Henry said, Izzard County consolidated their first year of playing eight man yep. of having a, a program in that rector lost in the semifinals last year. Neither one of them were thought to have been a favorite at all, even, uh, given a consideration in the, in the preseason, you know, with Fountain Lake dropping down, of course they were in the big school classification, but still they weren't really considered, um, uh, a contender for eight man. So that's a great one. I think the 2A on Friday afternoon has the potential of being the best game of all of them. Two teams in the same conference, and and right or uh, Carlisle won the regular season game, but that was because Hazen's quarterback, a four-year starter named Luke King, he didn't play in the first half because he got ejected in the first half of the week oh, of okay. the week before. So he comes back in the second half, and they have a great, uh, you know, they, they come back in the second half in that game. But that's a possible, you know, possibly a great game. And then they've got Josh Sullivan, the running back, who, is, who has rushed for 45 touchdowns uh, or 44 touchdowns, which is too shy of the state record for wow. a single season. Wow. So that one's a, a, a great one. And then, of course, the 7A, which we've talked about, the 5A game, at noon on Saturday, um, Parkview is going to be similar to what Shiloh Christian saw last year as far as um, ability, as far as uh, uh, compared to Robinson and what right. they had last year. Right. I mean, they're going to be that good. Now, I think um, Eli Wisdom, of course, is a year older. It's his senior year. He's got plenty of guys around him. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um I don't think there's a favorite in this game. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I don't think there's a favorite in this game. I mean, I think it's at the most 55-45, uh, you know, maybe Parkview. But Parkview is not as uh, versatile, uh, balanced as Shiloh Christian is and, and has been recently. Um, Parkview's going to be a little more physical maybe than what uh, Robinson was last year and maybe more physical than – they're probably the most physical team that Shiloh Christian uh, will play because it was great. Robert Yates covered the Parkview-Robinson game last week, and the comment that Brad Bolding had after the game about uh, the physical play of his team, he said – you better put your big boy pants on to come play us. Yeah. Well, that's what Shiloh Christian is going to have to do. They're going to have to put their big boy pants on, and I bet you that they've got a pair of those. I bet they do. I'm thinking that they do. Uh, their defense has been phenomenal in the playoffs uh, every step of the way. Um, they've played they've played exceptional across the front in limiting uh, explosive plays, uh, and so it'll be interesting. Um, so that one will be played at noon on Saturday. Now let's talk about – we, and Leland, we, we knew this was going to happen. This is no surprise. We knew it when they played each other several weeks ago. 
Pulaski Academy against Greenwood in the state championship in Class 6A Saturday night? No, no surprise at all. It was the most anticipated game of the regular season because of, uh, you know, of course, Classic Academy being elevated due to the competitive equity factor. Right. Uh, and at that point, everybody was saying, well, five weeks, there'll be a rematch. And sure enough, there is. There is. Um, yep. you know, PFE had a little bit more of a, a challenge. Uh, well, both of them had challenges yeah. in semifinals, as we would expect. Yeah. Uh, from very good teams, but this is the the matchup that everybody thought it would be. I do think that um, you know, obviously, the first game you just throw everything out the window. Neither starting quarterback finished that game. Right, right. Which obviously was a factor uh, in that game. Uh, so how is it if you know if both of them play that the, the changes they make, and I don't think there'll be that many adjustments. I, I think that rematches always favor the team that lost the first game because yes. they can go back and see the mistakes they made, what they have to correct uh, to, to win the second time. Now, there's also that theory of, well, the, if the best team won the first one, they're probably going to win the next one. So there's that argument, too. But I, I think the first one could be thrown out. You know, the problem with Greenwood and Classic Academy when they play Everybody expects it to be 56, 55, and we may never see another one of those type games. Right. But you may. But you might. And that's the, uh, you yeah. know, that's the great anticipation of a Greenwood and a Pulaski Academy meeting. Well, I, I will, I will, uh, I, can, I can't wait to see how this one's going to, going to turn out because, you know, the, these are the, these are the kingpins in class 6A. And uh, I, I know that PA last you know last week had to, had, a, had put we were, they were pushed to the brink uh, big time by Little Rock Catholic a team that that uh, had a fantastic season Henry they 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 were a benefactor of the competitive equity factor for them that bumped that 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 aligned them back in Class Six they were, which is where they should have been to begin with enrollment wise um, and now you know that they made they made the right choice staying in Six A and uh, Henry what they they had a great season. Oh, yeah, uh, by all means, you know, uh, because of their enrollment, you know, their, their number's a little down. But, man, I'm like, where did this come from? You know, they, for years they've been in Class 7A, and you always see 4 and 6, 3 and 7, and all of a sudden here they go, well, undefeated. Yeah, yeah. So uh, kudos to them absolutely. for making the most of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Leland, yeah, I know you'll be down there. You're going down to Little Rock on Thursday, um, and you'll be there for the eight-man championship game um, on Thursday. Uh, Friday, I think Leland's going to make the drive down to Ryzen um, to cover the uh, the Charleston Ryzen game, which looks to be a great game, Leland. Oh, absolutely. You know, Ryzen is – they're almost a mirror image of Boonville. They line up with split backs and then a wing back. Wow. Uh, they're going to run the ball. Now, the funny thing about that is, I mean, they're like Boonville. Uh, they're going to run the ball. That's, yeah. that's their DNA. But last week in their semifinal uh, win, uh, they completed two passes. They were two for two with two touchdowns. Wow. That, that's a uh, that, – that's, uh... I'm no math major, but that's pretty. That's perfect. That's efficient. Well, that's pretty good. They ran for three <laughs> touchdowns and I think 288 yeah. yards, and then threw for two. Uh, they've got uh, three backs. They spread it out a lot. They've got two thousand yard backs, 
Uh, they've had three different running backs this year rush for 200 wow. in a game, including uh, a pair of them in, in one game against Darnell. So it's um, it's kind of one of those mono a mono things. But uh, Charleston's defensive line is very very good. Uh, three three seniors on that uh, defensive line. They've got a good offensive line. So it's uh, Charleston's also even though they throw the ball more than uh, you know they probably have been for the most part. Uh, they're not afraid to go mono a mono. Wow. Well, and also, uh, when I got uh, uh, Glenn Parrish called me last Friday night, Paul, after the Boonville game, to ask me if I'd gotten this story sent to me. And he said, we passed for 200 yards tonight. And I'm like, wait a minute, who is this? This, this is not Glenn Parrish. I know Boonville did not pass for 200 yards. He goes, yeah, we, we did, that, you know, whatever. And I'm like, come on, man, really? Boonville passed for 200 yards in, a game, in, in one game? So the Bearcats, they, you know, uh, Leland, that's a that's a little weaponry that nobody talks about, but they're certainly capable of passing the ball, and they will go to Melbourne Friday night, and Melbourne's coming off a narrow win. Um, so we will see how if we see, we're going to see if we get the rematch in three A that we have also been anticipating. We, you know, because they're in the same conference, Boonville and Charleston. We'll see if we get the rematch in the championship game next week with Boonville and Charleston. I refuse to get excited about that possibility yet. I just and until Friday night at ten o'clock, I'm not going to get excited about that possibility. Well, I like to look ahead. <laughs> I do. I do too, and I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. But both of them have very tough. They do games uh, yeah. in the semifinal. Both of them are on the road, uh, which you never know how that affects them. And, and again, rising. You know, they're one of, I think I, I looked up, one of seven teams to play over 100 playoff games in their career. Wow. And Charleston joined them last Friday night. That was their 100th playoff game ever. Well, well uh, And then, of course, Boonville's one of them, too. And Boonville's, or uh, Melbourne's head coach is Stuart Smith, who was at Batesville forever, for right. 33 years. But he broke away for three years to come be the head baseball coach at Van Buren. Yep, 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 yeah. A lot of good storylines. Lots of good high school storylines going on. Um, so, again, this is championship week 7A, 6A, 5A, 2A, 8-man, semifinals 3A and 4A. Now, we can't go off the show today, Henry, without at least mentioning the Elkins and Nashville game last Friday night. I was following along. Harold McIlvain covered the game for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I was following along, looked up. Elkins had leads, three touchdown leads twice in this game. And Nashville just kept coming and coming and coming. And finally, with eight seconds to go, they hit a touchdown pass and a two-point conversion to win. Probably, I know Shiloh Junction City from way back when was one of the wildest playoff games ever, probably is the wildest. But 63-62 in regulation is pretty wild, Henry. Was there a three-pointer at the buzzer or something I, I, like that? I or? think so. It was uh, – man. <laughs> no. I, I spoke with uh, my good friend James Brookhart, who uh, was officiating the basketball game last night, and he said he went to the game and was sitting up in the stands. He didn't sit in the press box, I'll tell you that. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> he said he's up in the stands. Sorry, says, I had to get that in there. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the best games he's ever seen, he said the uh, – Touchdown pass. It was us. They found something that they liked and they exploited it. Man, I, I, I just, you know, 
I, I just don't know how what 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 did, what did Zach Watson say to his team when the game ends after you've scored sixty two and, and you lose and by a point. I, I just don't know what you know what, what what can you tell your kids? I mean you you know it's I mean, you know, sixty two and, and you're and you're and you're done. Well, I, I just think that's one of those where guys you did everything you could. Yeah. You know, I, I, you did everything you could. Yeah, uh, I knew. I knew. I figured it was going to be a good game, but then when Elkins jumped on them so early, I'm like, man, Elkins is going to blow this team out. There, you know, this is Nashville. This is, you know, this is a good. This is a good team here. You know, Nashville's a story program, program, and Elkins is going to blow them out. You know, yeah. and then you know, you look up and it's 28 14, 28 21, 35 21, 35 28, 42 30. You know, it's just you're like cha ching. It's like the cashier cha ching, cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. You know, whatever. But they're, they're still hanging in. Yeah. They're still hanging yeah. in there. Yep. Yep. And, and not to mention, at one part during that game, and this is what uh, James Brookhart told me, the fog fell in. It did. And you could not see a, the fog was so thick, he said, you could not see it on the other side of the field. Wow. Wow. I've only had one game like that. I was at Lake Hamilton one time in a game where Lake Hamilton was playing Ashdown, and in the second quarter, that fog fell in. And I said, the only thing made this even scarier, the night I covered that game, was on a Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with high school playoffs in late November and December, you never know what you're going to get. Um, and we'll see how it is this weekend. I, I haven't seen any rain in the forecast um, for for Little Rock, uh, but it'll be it'll be cool. You know, it'll, be, it'll have some cool weather. So we'll see how that goes um, for for all the teams. So Leland, what else have you got to offer for uh, for our listeners today? Well, and, and you talk about the Nashville uh, Elkins game. Didn't you cover that Nashville Shiloh coaching game a few years ago? That yeah. was another one of those type games. 35, 35 nothing Nashville in that one, and uh, Shiloh came back to win it. It was funny because when I talked to Josh Floyd after the game, they were all still kind of speechless that they came back and won it. I think it ended up being like 53-49 or something like that. And he goes, we were all concerned on the sideline. We didn't know when the mercy rule clock kicked in. Does it start – you know, was it in the first half when we got down thirty-five nothing or, or whatever? And, and uh, uh, but anyway, it was. You know, you you never know what you're going to see in high school football. It 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 can be it can get wild and crazy. That's for sure. Well, and then you had the Shiloh Christian Arkadelphia game last last year. year. Yeah, just kind of not not it wasn't thirty-five zero, but it was a back and forth. You knew whoever had the ball last was probably going to win that game. And and uh, uh, speaking of Arkadelphia, there you know they're in the four A semifinals. And uh, I would imagine they're going to be hoisting the championship trophy uh, next week. I don't. I don't see anybody knocking them off. Uh, well, I, you, well, they've got to go to Harding Academy, and you yeah. know Walter's going to be covering that game. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so you Look, know, yeah. well, yeah, I know Arkadelphia is very good, yeah. uh, seasoned quarterback, and Donovan stuff. Yeah. You know, this is why we get so excited about high school sports. Exactly. exactly. Uh, you know, just looking at this stuff, and we talk about the different players and the games and the things we've seen and covered through the years. I mean, Henry talking about a you know a fog bowl game that he had several years ago. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's easy to be passionate about high school sports. Absolutely. We just love covering these kids and giving them their due. I've said this uh, for a long time, Leland. I'll continue to say it. I'm 61 years old, and I've been doing this uh, full-time since 1984, but it started as a stringer in 1980. I still get excited going to high school football games on Friday nights. The night that I don't get excited about going to a game will be the night that I know that I'm done, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> nope. 
because you just because it's like like the elk. You never know what you're going to see. You know, you, exactly. there's there's a chance you could see something you've never seen before. You know, and you know, and that too. And and you know, every year we see some some kids graduate. You know, like Eli Wisdom's going to play his last game. Yep. Uh, Saturday afternoon, and we think, man, we'll never see that again. And you get guys like Donovan Witten and you know Hunter Houston at Greenwood, Brandon Scott at Charleston. We think, man, we'll never see that. And then three years from now, somebody else comes along, and we think, wow, you yeah. know what? How how what kind of numbers is is he yeah. putting up? And so that that's the other thing is it's these teams don't get a Tom Brady at quarterback and and starting for 15 straight years. Yeah, it was funny because I uh, re- talking to someone in the press box last Friday night at Shiloh about Eli, and I said I covered the first scrimmage that he took a snap in against Springdale, and he did not take the first snap of the scrimmage for Shiloh. They had another quarterback that took the, the first snaps for him. I think Bodie Neal did. I don't remember who it was, uh, but whoever it was, whenever Wisdom went in there and he took the snaps, two, and two it, it took me two plays, and I'm like, well, well, there's your quarterback. That's your quarterback right there. <laughs> You know, and uh, I, I think maybe, you know, Jeff Conaway was given an, maybe an upperclassman or something, an opportunity there to, to be the guy. But, but you know, when, when, when number two took the snaps, you're like, yeah, he's, he's, he's your guy. <laughs> he, no, there's no doubt about that one. He's your guy. And uh, three straight state championship game appearances for Eli Wisdom. I think, you know, I think they got it right over there, Henry. I think, I think, uh, I think Jeff Conaway got it right. Uh, by the way, speaking of the shallow game last Friday night, Josh Floyd was there. Um, I guess he was at, uh, back in Northwest Arkansas visiting uh, uh, family, family for Thanksgiving, and he was there. So I asked uh, Jeff after the game, I said, did Josh try to come down onto the field and, and try to coach with you? He asked for a headset. You know, was he asking for his headset? Uh, but anyway, uh, so it was, uh, it was nice to have Josh Floyd back in Northwest Arkansas for, for the holidays and uh, at a shallow Christian game. So any, Leland, anything else? Tournament of champions coming up. You know, we've still got basketball, and I guess wrestling has started, bowling has started. So uh, we're all about more, it. More seasons. Yeah, we're all about it. Uh, speaking of tournaments up here, Paul, I know you're going to be at the Great Eight uh, tournament. That's uh, at, is that this is Arvest this week or Great Eight over at Rogers? Great Eight. The Great, great eight. eight at Heritage. Great Eight yeah, at Heritage. It, it is. At, yeah, it's at Rogers Heritage. And then next week is the Arvest uh, over at Rogers High. We've also got the little the classic over at Bentonville Benton next week with Bill. three really good girls. These are going to be three every day for I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Three really good girls games all three days over at Bentonville yeah. High School. When you, when you look at one side and you see Fayetteville, Bentonville, and Springdale Harbor, and then on the other side you see Greenwood, you see uh, North Little Rock, and you see Tulsa Union. Yeah. Uh, get you a ticket on get this one. Get you a one. ticket. Get you a ticket for that because, man, that's going to be three, all three days, yes. three good games every day in that one. And uh, that, that'll be that'll be fantastic. Uh, Leland mentioned the Tournament of Champions at Fort Smith. Leland, that'll be at Southside, correct? No, Northside. At Northside North has all three of them. They've got the uh, big show a couple weeks ago. They've got the Tournament of Champions and the Coca-Cola Classic. Classic. Okay, coming up. After after Christmas week on that one, yeah, and, and that tournament champions, you talk about okay, you got North Side and South Side, right? But they're also bringing in Bergman, yep, the the class three A defending state champion, yep, and the uh, runner up in Lamar. So that field's going to be loaded. You also look uh, 
Battle on the Ridge at Pea Ridge. Yep. You've got Bergman's boys. you got Elkins. you got Pea Ridge boys. There is going to be some very good basketball next week. Even the Cardinal Classic at Farmington. You've got yeah, Farmington. You've got Hot Springs Lakeside. Yeah. Benton, I think, is coming to play a game. Um, there's somebody else I, I'm not thinking of right off him. So it's going to be loaded as well. Some good basketball. What I've, what I've noticed this year, Henry, I know you had a story about this a while back when the AAA announced the, the, the change in the number of games that these teams could play. The tournament, the tournament uh, uh, schedules and tournament teams that we're having in the formats, uh, a lot stronger, just a whole lot stronger. And uh, especially early, uh, these are the kind of tournaments we would normally see in the you know around Christmas time. Uh, have to go to Neosho or whatever. They're, we're seeing those here in the area this year, and yeah. man, it's that's fantastic. Yeah. The other thing we really even talked about: uh, all schools are now playing with the 35-second shot clock. Correct. You know, Correct. You know, until this year, you know, last six, two eight, years was just six. Six eight. eight got the experience for two years. Yeah. But now everybody's using it. So you know, I I know if uh, you did a lot of people didn't want to go because they you'd say, hey, they're going to sit there and hold the ball for four minutes and not take a shot. That's boring. Yeah. Well, you don't see that anymore. No. Well, with these beautiful arenas that we have at all of the pretty much every school, Huntsville, brand new, beautiful arena. Um, who am I, somebody else brand new arena. Am I missing one? Uh, Springdale is Springdale's building, building one. one. Uh, you know, Farmington, beautiful arena. Rogers, Rogers Heritage. Oh, yeah. You know, every, all these beautiful arenas. Get there, get you a popcorn and a soft drink, and uh, sit back in nice, plush, padded seats, and sit back and watch you some high school basketball. And you're going to see some players that uh, you know. You'll see Jenna Lawrence at Farmington. Going, it's going to the U of A, and and uh, a lot of big big time players. Catch Bentonville. They got two def, Division One, if and maybe more uh, on the boys' side, and Jalen Lee and Caden. Uh, Caden Miller. Miller, yep, uh, seven-footer. Uh, so get out there and get a chance to see some of those. And uh, they're warm. You're inside the inside the uh, nice warmth of the arena and uh, catch you some good basketball. Mm-hmm. So that will take care of this week's edition of the Prep Rally Podcast. We'll be back next week and we'll recap uh, the state championship games that will be played this weekend in War Memorial. We'll take a look at the state championship games that will be played next weekend with the three A's and the four A's. We'll also talk a little basketball, some tournament of champions, and all the basketball tournaments going on. You'll want to be back and catch that. So for Henry Apple, for Paul Boyd, for Leland Barclay, I'm Chip Souza, all with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We'll catch you next week on the Prep Rally Podcast. See you. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.